had no sway. I had no power. Nobody cared. So when, when we fought, even at home, promoters didn't really take care of us. Commission didn't care um, about what was you know what we did or, you know anything. They didn't know who we were. Right. Um, out of town promoters really didn't care about us. What I found was is my gym got bigger. I built my following. Now all of a sudden promoters were way nice. Started being way nicer to me. They started being way nicer, but not only to me, but they started being nicer to my guys. They started giving my guys fair matchups, even sometimes good matchups, like on our favorable to us. Really? Those began, they those yeah because we sold tickets, we had a following. We, they we made them money. Ah uh, yeah. So now all of a sudden we want to keep these guys happy. That was not only so it was a mixture of that and the fact that I became a better coach and my fighters got became better too. But I had better fighters, I had better people on the card, and we sold tickets. So people started caring. People started, you know, taking care of us or giving us good matchups, you know, giving us the, the appropriate amount of hotel rooms for the amount of people we had on the card, whatever. Then I noticed, like, as we went a step further and I got, you know, and so, like, every step, yes, it did bring me advantages, but it brings everyone around me advantages too. Right. It brings all my people advantages. It brings all my fighters advantages, all my competitors advantages, all my fans advantages. It made it so that, you know, that on that last strike hard card, uh, I, I was a partner on that one. So not only did it give my guys advantages, it gave me like, I, I realized it, you know, helped me have a say in the matchmaking, my fans, my people that support me. Guess what? I got to see pick where their table was. I got to, you know what I mean. So it was like I became more successful. It allowed me to pass that on to my fighters, my fans, my competitors, my students, my employees. Because the more money I make, the more money they make, and so on. And then, in turn, by me giving the fans more, by me giving my fighters more. By me giving my employees more, now my fans, my fighters, and my employees, what do they want to do? They want to give me more. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that makes me more successful. I make their lives better. They make my life better. And then I can give them even more or give more to more people. You know what I mean? So it's not about me becoming successful so I can have a whole lot of money. I don't want to be successful so that I can make, you know, drive a Bugatti. I don't want to be successful because... That means that I'm going to be president one day necessarily, even though I'm not saying those are bad goals. That's just not what does it for me. Mm -hmm. What does it for me is if I become the king of MMA in Mississippi, I can impact and help so many more people. Oh, if yeah. I, if my promotion goes nationwide, if I, I can create opportunities for fighters, my fighters and other fighters, that they wouldn't have had otherwise. I can create opportunities for people. Because here's the thing. I think a lot of fight promoters suck real bad. <laughs> and I think that because fight promoters suck, fighters are getting screwed. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm just, I think a lot of fight promoters, they, they attack the game with the mentality of, let me see what I can get for me. Yeah. Let me see how I can get over on you a little bit. 
let me see how I can get over on the people to make a little bit more money. Where can I cut some costs to put a little bit more money in my pocket? How can I spend a little bit less money? How can I do a little bit less and a little bit less? How can I be a little be a little less stressed? And that's how they attack the game. You go to these promotions, y'all know. If you go to fights, you know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You're talking. There are promoters that every you can tell the motivation in them. Their why, which is the most important question in business, is why, mm-hmm. not what. Every business, every businessman can tell you what. What's the easy part? Yeah. But can you tell me why? And if you can show me your why, your what is obvious. Your what is going to grow. What I mean by that is, okay, well, what do you do? Well, I own an MMA gym, or I, or I run an MMA promotion. Well, why do you run an MMA promotion? That's the important question. Why? Why do you do it? Oh, because I want to make a whole bunch of money. Okay, well, the, uh, that's cool. That's cool. But here's the thing. If your why is because I want to make a whole bunch of money, then when it comes time to stab your partner in the back to get an extra mm-hmm. couple thousand dollars, what are you going to do? You're gonna do it. Him. Right. When it comes time why? for you to be dirty to fighters, mm-hmm. for you to make a little bit extra money, when it comes time for you to cut your expenses and screw people and not give people hotel rooms that you know that they need if they're going to fight in a car because you're required to be there for weigh-ins on Friday, they can't leave till Sunday and they're four hours away. And I've seen promoters not give not give hotel rooms. When you when your why is I want to make a whole bunch of money, then you don't treat people well. Just like in business, if my why as an MMA gym owner, if my only why, and there's nothing wrong with part of my why being is wanting more money. Right, I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing because if my why is I'm going to give every fighter and woman and everybody that supports me, I'm going to bring everybody up with me. I'm going to give people opportunities they didn't have otherwise. I'm going to give people training they didn't have otherwise. So my why when I started my gym was not to be rich. My why when I started my gym was I was a young fighter that did not have the resources to pursue his passion and dream. And my why was I'm not going to let another young fighter in the Golden Triangle area have to suffer that mm-hmm. they're going to have a facility in north mississippi right here that's going to have everything they need to get to the big show and so well I'm, i don't think we're there but i think we i think we've got we're getting compared there to what you mm-hmm. had to work with right compared to what I, what I had to work with was nothing i didn't have a coach i didn't have a pair of mitts all yep. you had was a pad on the ground at one time right? You're on right. Track, man. i know they made several comments when they were here the other day about how nice the gym was. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a nice gym. It's a very nice gym. Yeah. And, 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 we, and we have a good product. Right. We, we, you know, I feel like we teach good classes. But if my why is I just want to make money, then this big, you know, rent is like, oh, well, I'm gonna, you're going to do things that are actually going to make you less money, in my opinion. If my why is I just want to make money. So, like. You got to have a collection fam- of whys that, that, that work with each other. Yeah, and I think that the reason you want money is important, too. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like, I feel like when you when you attack the game with the with the starting place of why of I just want money to enrich my own life. I think that you should enrich your own life as you make more money, but I believe wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly that if you expect, if you want. The world, if you want the universe, if you want God or whatever you believe in to send you more money, you got to improve the lives of others when you get the money. That, to me, is the concept of tithing in the Bible. When the Bible talks about tithing, what to me what it's saying is 
in the church or whatever with other people, you should be bringing up people around. Don't just take your money and go store it. Take your money, invest it, double it, and then bring up everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. Think about the story in the Bible about the pence, right? When the when the when the when the man gave his servant the 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 money, and one of them buried it, one of them gambled it away, and one of them invested it and made more money. The land, the 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 the, the Lord, the master, whatever he was, was only happy with one of the servants, the one that went and invested it and made more more from it. We have a responsibility to go and do more. That's our responsibility. When we start this promotion, when I started RFC, should I call it RFC or Relentless FC? Relentless FC. I'm kind of digging that, too. I like it. When I started Relentless FC, settled. When I started <laughs> Relentless FC, I went into it from a, from the fact that I have a responsibility. First off, I started it for my fighters here because I'm going to give them an opportunity to have a local show to build a legacy right here in their hometown. Yeah. They can become a – even if you're not big enough to go to the UFC, even if you're not big enough – where are you going, Wes? Got rolls windows Okay. <laughs> even if you're not big enough to go to the UFC and make it to a big show, that doesn't mean that you can't live the glory of fighting and having that fan base and making money and whatever if you have a local show. Yeah, if you got a show – right? right, like me. Yeah. Like me. I didn't make it, but – But you made it. I made it. Yeah. And that's what I try to explain Absolutely. to fighters all the time, dude. You don't have to make it to make it. You don't have to go to the big show to make it. No. You can make it right here. You can have just as many fans in Columbus as you have. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. not, not stretch, just, but you, you see what I'm saying? When you say you could, maybe not, but some people do. I bet you I have more fans here in Columbus and some people that do at the lower level of the sport do yeah. worldwide. What I meant was worldwide you have more fans to be able to see you yeah, I see what you're saying. You can't know, you get as many, but I mean, you. Can't but but here's the thing, though. In, sense. in terms of number of fans, the only that really impacts is your wallet, because you know you have fewer people to sell to. But here's the thing: being famous locally, honestly, might be impact your life more than being famous on a worldwide scale. Because here's the thing: I guarantee you, I get stopped. How many times when we go out somewhere, Mo, do I get stopped? People who know me uh, from the gym fighting, walking around. You just like on a de- normal day. Yeah, on a normal probably day, probably good five or more. Times. I would have said four. So perfect. Okay, it is not uncommon. It is not uncommon for me to leave town, go to town, and bump into four to five people. Strangers. That know strangers okay. that know who I am. They just stop and just say, "Hey, hey, I know you. You're that guy." You're the MMA guy. You're the fight guy. You're the guy that runs the gym. You're the guy. Okay. I have been went and hung out with people that make it on a bigger scale in their hometowns. Yeah. And that doesn't happen to them because the average person doesn't know who John Wayne Parr is. The average person doesn't know who Bukow is. The average person doesn't know who Alan Belcher is. I don't know two of the three people you just said. You know, the Muay Thai guys, Muay Thai <laughs> fighters. But world famous, some of the best. Yeah. If you saw them, you'd probably know that. Yeah, Bukai, you're definitely the guy that's all, he's like the tan little Thai guy that's all jacked and he like kicks down the banana tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Bukai. Yeah, okay. he'll yeah. knock you, he'll, he'll kick your legs off. Yeah, Ow. he's a savage. Um, But, you know, most of these guys, they're, they're famous in the community, but as far as your day-to-day, their day-to-day life, you know, they don't, they're not, and all these guys aren't making any money either. Yeah. I've seen fighters make more money because they were famous locally than make more money on the national on, on the international stage because 
the thing about it was they were the ticket sellers. So, I mean, I've seen guys make ten plus thousand dollars for a single fight on a local show after commission and everything because they had just this uh, huge name. And so, you know, I just I think that I think that a lot of people underestimate that. And I wanted to provide that for the people here. I wanted to provide that opportunity for these guys. Yes, am I going to make more money because of it? you damn right I'm going to make more money because of it. Are my kids going to have a better quality of life because of it? And that I think that's a lot of people's. Like, that's enough motivation for a lot of people to do right. Is like they're trying to provide a better life for their children. I need – I go for – I step beyond that, though. I'm going to provide a better life for my children, and I'm a, I want to provide a better life for all of my friends' children. That's that's my mindset. I want y'all's kids. I want Man Up Podcast to blow up so big that y'all's kids get rich. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's my mindset. That's how I – every single thing I go into, that's my mindset. How can I make the people who are in this with me, and how can I make – because Ed Milet says a thing that if your vision isn't big enough that everybody else's vision can fit inside it, you'll never reach it. Like, if my vision, if my goals, if your ambition and your goals and your vision can't fit inside my vision, you're not going to stay with me. Because people follow people who have vision. When people have vision, because that means, I talked about this uh, last week, I think. When you have vision and you're moving to it, people can follow that. People don't follow managers. People follow visionaries. Managers manage people visionaries go and when they go it's easy to lead because they're moving if you're not moving to something that encompasses the goals and 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 desires and needs of the people around you if you're not moving that direction there's no reason for anyone to follow you right there's nothing to follow you're standing still yep I can't follow a man that's standing still. No matter how likable you are, how charming you are, how cool you are, I cannot follow a man that stands still. Right. Because you're not going anywhere. That's what most people miss. That's the reason why there's no accountability in the workforce of America today, in corporate America, or in even the, for blue-collar workers. You always hear these guys, man, when I get home. Everybody lives to go home and crack open a beer. Mm-hmm. That's every, what every man lives for. You know why he lives for that? Because he's uninspired at work. There's nothing at work that inspires him. And if you're not inspired about what you're doing at work, you are going to live for Friday night and die. You know, and y'all know that feeling, the deep pit of your stomach Sunday night when you go to bed and yeah. and you're just like, damn it. I got to go back. Oh, my God. I got to go back tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Y'all know that feeling? Oh, yeah. Mo, you feel that? Not anymore, but I used to. Right? Yep. That's a, that's a problem. I don't feel that anymore. That's a problem. Yeah. If you're going to bed Sunday mm-hmm. night with a with a deep regret, like a deep dread of tomorrow, that's not right. That's not how you should live. Dude, Monday through Friday is most of your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So why be uninspired? Why be do something you hate? For what? For money? That's not a big enough why for me. Especially not that amount of money. Right. Most, mm-hmm. of, you, most of y'all are working. Dude, it's such a trap. Oh yeah. The real world is such a trap. I'm glad I don't live in it. The real world is such a trap. They they suck you into these jobs with salaries just enough to make you comfortable. Yeah. You're never gonna be exceptional. Mo, 
most of us at the jobs we work on salary or on hourly or whatever, you're never going to be exceptional. You're never going to make exceptional money. It's just not possible. There's not that kind of upper mobility most of the time. Never going to be exceptional, but it's, it's enough to make you comfortable. You, you, your bills are paid. You got food on the table. Then they give you a 401k. They give you retirement. They give you benefits. And then you go to work and you hate what you do all day, every day. But because they've trapped you in this little bubble of benefits and retirement and and salary and and just well, this, this is the way it is, guys. This is how it is. This is this is the real world, bruh. Humans have been on this planet for like 2.5 million years, mm -hmm. and what you're calling the real world has existed for all of 50. Yeah. How is that the real world? You just made this shit up. You made it up. You made it up. You told everybody that this was the real world, and we believed you because we're stupid. Kids going to school all day. That's mm -hmm. not real. That's not real. Kids going to school the way that they do now became real within our parents' lifetime. Yeah. Think well, about that. I don't like going to school all day and then coming home to do school at home. Right. <laughs> that is not a thing. Yeah. That's not real. Y'all made that shit up. Y'all made that shit up. It's not real. And you you want me to say my real let me tell you my real my real problem with school. What is school really teaching your kids? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When kids get out of school, how much of what they learn in school did they retain? Three percent. Three percent usually. Like, I'd say that's I'd say opinion, that might be generous. In my opinion, if you're not going for math or science, I don't see why you're going. Well, that's college. a degree. You're still talking about a degree. How much of what they actually learn did they retain? I'm just saying, they period, actually learn. Like, what's the purpose of going to to learn about something that your parents taught you? Right? What's the purpose of most of it, honestly? I'm just saying. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. What are they actually teaching you? If most kids that grad, you think you think people don't you don't, you don't think they know that? You don't think people running school know that they're all, kids are only learning about three percent? So what are they what are they learning? They know. They're not stupid. Paid. These people who are running these, well, they're not getting paid because the government, they're not paying to send your kids to school, but they are getting paid on the back end. You know why? Because they send your kids to 18, uh, maybe not 18, 14, 15, 13 years between preschool and then 18, if you count college, of boot camp where they train your child to be trainable and follow directions. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. They're teaching your child to be trainable. Cool. They're getting them. To, they're getting they They're getting them to respond to. Oh, oh, ring. There's a bell. You get up now. Follow the crowd. Walk in a line. Go into a room. Sit down. Yeah. Be quiet for an hour. Ring. Get up. Go to lunch. Eat. Eat your lunch on a time. You have 45 minutes to ring. eat. Get up. Ring. They're putting you. They're training you, bro. And look at it like this too. All right. Imagine. Dang, I never looked at it like that. That show is. Yeah, they're training you. They're they're making you part of their system. They're they're training you, and here's the thing too, who used to train, who used to educate the children, parents did. Parents. Who yeah. who does it now? The government. Yeah. And now you go to jail if you if you if you don't let them train your kids. Yeah. So hey, here's the deal. Imagine if we just accept. I heard somebody saying this on a I don't know if it was a podcast or a video or something the other day. Imagine, imagine if. Am I too loud, Mo? No, you're good. Okay. Imagine if we took. The United States government, and we changed the name to it and then applied it to school. Let's change the name of the United States government to Walmart. I heard somebody saying this the other day, so I'm copying some of this, but it, it resonated with me. And I didn't even necessarily agree with the full premise of what he was saying, but we made a really good point. Imagine if Walmart made a rule. Where you must, because all they are are corporations, organizations. Mm -hmm. It's just a made-up organization. The United States government and Walmart are no different. Right. Okay? 
Imagine if Walmart passed a rule. We just all agree we're gonna pa- we're gonna obey the rules of the United States government, just like we obey the rules when we go in Walmart. Imagine if Walmart made a rule that until your child was eighteen or at least sixteen years old, your child is required to go to Walmart school. And at Walmart school, they're going to learn about what all the past CEOs of Walmart did and how great they are and how great Walmart is and the dominance of Walmart. And then they're going to teach your your child how to fill out um, time sheets at Walmart to make them more employable even. They're going to teach your children how to follow Walmart directions. They're going to teach your children all the things they need to be knowing successful inside the Walmart system, and that's how they're going to first spend the first 18 years of their life. And if you don't agree to it, you go to jail. How do we feel about that rule? Fuck that rule. That's BS. That is some bullshit. Yeah. But we just accept it and think it's for the, the, the good because children must be educated. Why? Why is that a rule? That's true. And then if you... It, I see that because then if you do even want to homeschool them, you got to pay for it. Right, you got to pay out. The so you got to pay for, for somebody else's or curriculum. Or if you want to go to private school, you got to pay out the ass for it. So why can't you just homeschool and teach them what you think they need to? to you got to you got to buy that curriculum also. Yeah, you got to so. be part of the group. Yep. Huh? Because they don't want they don't they don't want your child thinking for themselves. The free thinkers are not what they want the majority of society to be. A few of us are fine. A few of us are fine. But the thing about it is they need, here's the thing, modern society is so big, we we don't live in the real world anymore. The real world, there are two things that are real, hunting and gathering and agriculture. That are the only two things that are real. Did y'all know gold is not valuable? We just decided it is. It's a shiny rock we found. Man, here's number. You can't. I can't tell you how many times I've thought about stuff like that. It's like, a shiny it's rock we found is. in the dirt, and we all just got together and we're like, we're going to base everything on this, yeah. right? And now most of us work jobs and things that like don't really perpetuate the survival of the human species. It more perpetuates the forward motion mm-hmm. of the human species. Okay, very few farmers left. Because that's the big thing, farmers. Mm-hmm. Farmers is what is the biggest thing we need. Farmers, and uh, that's it. Farmers. I mean, yeah, what we, what the human species. There are two basic functions that we are ingrained to constantly chase: eating and having sex. <laughs> that's it. And we don't only need one of those for survival. Overall survival of the species, having sex, and then for survival of me as an individual, food. Yeah. So. What they've done is they've created a whole bunch of systems, and the systems are so complex now. What they need, they don't need hunters and gatherers, and they don't need farmers. What they need is pieces to go in the system. Yep. They need cogs for the wheel. They need they need cogs. They need they need um, little things that to- rotate and spin, are willing to go and do the same thing repetitively over and over again to keep the system moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. Keep the system moving forward. Be part of the system. Be part of the system. Be part of the system. And if you're not part of the system, you actually kind of are, in a way, holding back the forward movement of society. Mm -hmm. Because systems and allowing large groups of people to work together for a common goal is what moves society forward. But then imagine if they, Walmart, for instance, said that and then forced us to go to Walmart school. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah, 100%. Bullshit. Yeah. Not doing that. No. You can't tell me I have to do that. I'm not. I'm not going to do that. 
That's stupid. But we do it. And the thing about it is, and this is what you gotta you got you gotta realize, everything that's getting pushed on us right now that we're resisting, the reason it's being pushed on it is so that your children think it's normal. Yeah. Everything that we think of now, and we're just like that's just how life is. Our grandparents that. used to think it was bullshit that the government made a rule that everybody had to go to school. Oh, yeah. That was they were like, That is a violation. That's some bullshit. Some people were for it, a lot of people were against it. Now who's against it? Yeah. Nobody. Because if they, when they when when they're raising the children and they're doing the the child rearing by keeping your children for seven hours a day and downloading them with the information that they want them to know and then sending that information home for them to work on it for another few hours when they get home, what information are you actually downloading in your child? What are they actually getting from you? Nothing except pushing the same thing there watching, when they get home right they're just watching you making it. you push it on them yeah yeah right hey you got to do your schoolwork. that's the purpose of homework. so now you yeah so now you become a worker for them and you didn't even know it. think about but that's the real purpose because yeah. how do children learn how do, how do children decide what they're going to be like their parents they but how, what about their parents what we teach them i guess not about just what you teach them what they, nope. see, right? what they see yeah what they see you do that's what your child's gonna grow up to be your child is deciding what they're going to grow up to be based solely, really, the most important factor, what they see you do every day. Yeah, I mean, if you're a complete piece of shit, they're going to try to be... Your kid's going to be put a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what are they trying to do? What's society trying to do? Look at it. They're trying to remove that, but they can't. Uh -oh. They try to remove it, get the kid out of there. Mm -hmm. That way, instead of seeing the parent all day, because before, you saw the parents all day. You saw the parents all day. You were what your parents taught you to be, and... That was it. That's why there's like a lineage of farmers or a lineage of right. cowboys. Or yeah, you just you you do what you you do what your right. parents exactly. Yeah. You do what your parent and they. I think that when they started the school system, they're like, we're we're gonna break that cycle. Yeah, that's we're gonna break the cycle. We're gonna take them away from the home. We're gonna make it so the industrial revolution made it so the man left the home to go to work. First time in human history that's ever been the case. First time in human history. We've been here for a long time. First time ever in human history. That the man left the house to go to work. God never intended for the man to leave the house to go to work. God never intended for you to you and your son to be apart during the day. Mm -hmm. God never intended for boys to stay at home with mom. Never. That was never the intention of the way God set the world up. Right, that's the reason the world the way it is. Now. That's why look That's why every little kid right now is a little bitch. <laughs> Except for those two you had in the cage last night. Yeah, they, they're they're not. But most little kids, they're little bitches. Yeah, those kids are tough. Because they're yeah. not, they're not, they're not, um, they're not being educated to be anything else. Little boys are staying home with mom while dad's out being a man. You right. wonder why little boys are crazy and moms can't hardly handle them? Because they're not supposed to be there. Right. Why are little girls better in school and why are little girls better at better at uh? Uh, staying at home with mom, but little boys just destroy the house because little boys, men are meant to be out on the freaking prairie with a spear running at a pig and the little boy is supposed to be behind his dad running behind him yeah that's what a man is a man kills stuff with his own hands and takes care of business a man's in shape a man's a badass a man does this stuff that's what a man is let me run behind dad and do exactly what dad does because that's what a man is right there you take that little boy out what's he doing He's eating dirt in the backyard and going crazy, <laughs> tearing up everything in the house because he's not meant to be in the house. Full sand. Yeah, he's yeah. not meant to be there. He's supposed to be out. He's supposed to be running. So they took the kid, they took the dads out, then the kids just went out and played all day. Mm -hmm. Right? 
Now they, you know, they put them, put us in school, and they're like, "Hey, follow follow the rules." But guess what? They're not little gonna. boys don't want to follow the rules. You put a little boy in a classroom for hours a day, and, like, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's got ADHD." No, he's no. supposed to be running. Yeah, he's supposed to be chasing a pig. That's another thing. He doesn't have ADHD. He's not supposed to look at a board all day. He's not broken because he does. He's not doing that. He's broken if he can. If there is a kid, if there is a child that doesn't have the desire to go out and chase the pig and stab it with the spear with dad, if he won't, if he's good at sitting behind a desk and looking at a board all day, that's the broken kid. That's oh, yeah. the kid with the mental disorder. For sure. Yep. Every kid that is good at that, that's that's who needs medication. He was yep. always broken. Put that kid on meth. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, let's nice. get that kid some crack, bro, because that kid's broke. Like you do the kids that you give the kids meth. You know, you, when when they can't when they can't focus, you, you're telling me that kid's broken. Of all the potentially millions of years, it, what however long I don't know how how long humans have been on the planet for real, but of all the human history that's been behind us, of every part of human history. These kids are what children are supposed to be, and we're just going to redefine it, and we're going to give our psychologists and psychiatrists, um, they're, they're, they're just going to come out, oh, yeah, no, no, kids are supposed to be, da, da, da. it makes no sense. I'm going to give you another, another example. When people talk about uh, corporal punishment for kids, oh, buddy, hot button issue, let's go <laughs> hate comments that people are not going to like this. People talk about people spanking children, yeah. and it's like, oh, man, know it. It, 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 it makes children aggressive, and it gives them all these, like, complexes, all this stuff. Okay, here's the thing, people. Uh, for most of human history, uh, we were beating the shit out of our kids. And if what you're saying is true, then the little bitches, that their brain can't handle it, they're dead. Oh, they didn't yeah. survive. 100%. Okay? Human children are um, meant to get their ass beat. You know why? Because you know what decides what humans are meant to be? What we've done, it's the way our brains and our bodies evolved over the time that we've been here. That's how we decide what we can take, what we can handle. I'm all for it, putting the spanking storm. Yeah, so if you're telling me, dude, I promise you, I promise you, every little effed up thing you want to do in your head is because you're. A, it's used to be really common. Did they take the spankings all the way out of school? Uh, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can spank in school. Not a thing you can do anymore? I mean, my, my kid's school, they can't, but it's private. Can I think I you sue my school for giving me spankings back then? I don't think so. No, because I'm pretty sure your parents had to sign a thing, so yeah. I'm cool oh, with them spanking oh, my man, child. But it's fucked me up, so, freaked me up so bad. I've been cussing this episode, too. I'm destroyed from it, you know? How'd you get destroyed? What's wrong with you? Well, I got spanked in school, man. <laughs> I think we all did. I mean, that was yeah. something we got spanked. I got, I got my school. ass beat every day in school. Now I'm so violent and psychopathic. And uh, I mean, you could say that, like, if you were to take a really woke person and put them on this podcast, um, they would say that I am exactly the, the, reason. the reason we shouldn't spank. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the, like, you look at me and it's like that guy right there. This is the, the absolute pinnacle of toxic masculinity. Like, yeah. if they were to, I feel like, honestly, if you were to, um, I feel like I'm just like the wokeism culture, like, pinnacle of what they're trying to fight against. You know? Yeah. Like, like talk, oh, it's toxic masculinity. Yeah. It's like, okay. The guy that works for himself and runs red lights when there's no one else there. <laughs> right, exactly. Terrible guy. Yeah. Right? Works for myself. And then also, I'm a big believer in self-reliance. That's a big toxic masculinity thing. Oh, well, I know. Self-reliance. I know all about you. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, I think self-reliance is a good thing. 
I think that if let me tell you something, guys. If there's one person you can count on, it's you. It's you. Oh yeah. Because I'll tell you what, I've had people that I never thought, never thought would turn their back on me. Ooh. Never thought you go. would screw me over. Never thought. And guess what? They gone. They gone. Yeah. They gone. You know, at the end of the day, you know who, who you know who you gotta love more than anybody else. You know who you gotta rely on more than anybody else. Yourself. Mm-hmm. You gotta come first. Yourself, man. It's true. Self care, man. It's true, man. You gotta you gotta you gotta be first because you're the only one that's gonna be there. Self reliance and self service are both. I don't mean masturbation. I mean like doing right, things for you, you first. Too, I mean sometimes you gotta do that you too. Take care of it. Th- those are both um, important traits, in my opinion. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty toxic, masculine, masculine with my yeah, all my your toxicity, short, 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 dog. Something. I really want to. I really want to touch on one more thing. All right. Congratulations last night. Nobody was shot, Hell stabbed, yeah. or killed, Nothing. fought, or punched except in the cage. You know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. I ain't saying I called it. But my original intention was out before the show started. I was going to get on the mic. I was going to get in the cage. I'm like, hey, guys, look, here's the deal. Zero tolerance policy, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, I Instead, I walked outside, and I looked at the crowd. And I looked around, and I was like, I ain't got nothing to worry about this bunch. And I went back to the back. Yeah. I just knew. I just looked at them, and I was like, nah, th- these folks are fine. What about what about your DJ came with the heat? In what- oh, man. He's, he just, and the thing was, I told him beforehand, I was like, hey, man, the music's got to be edited. I knew, when I, was, P- I knew when Petey walked out in that song, I was like, man, this is not, this is not radio friendly. That. Some songs were... <laughs> Edited and then, and then they dropped five f bombs and some other songs. Yeah, I feel like one song was half edited, half not edited. I swear to God, um, probably. Oh, what was it? I went to him after Petey's fight. I didn't get in the cage from after Petey's fight, and I was like, "Hey, bro, I was like, you're gonna get me fined from the commission. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, like you're, you're about to get me screwed, man." Because I told him beforehand, I was like, "The songs can't have cussing in them." I told him. And he was like, man, I'm going to be honest. After the show, he's like, I'm, I'll be honest. I really wasn't prepared. You know, I just. I'm going to be honest with you, though. Commission can kiss my ass. That was fire. <laughs> what, what? Oh, the music? Hell uh, yeah. Yeah, we had some people leave for it because of it, though. Really? Yeah, we had some like. Oh, man, for real? Yeah, some pastors and stuff that were there. They left because of the music? I'm, I'm, they left, and I'm assuming they it was because They will stand there and watch the barbarians of the world fight each other, but they. Mm-hmm. Southern culture, man. A southern culture. It's so weak. One more. Thing. Uh, well, here's the thing. I mean, It'll be ready next time. We don't. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't um, view violence the same way in our culture. Like, like, like. To me, what makes violence bad is when it lacks one. Is the same thing that w- makes sex bad. The lack of one thing, consent. The DJ. When you take consent away, that's what makes violence bad. If both people are willing participants, I don't think there's anything wrong with violence. Is in a general sense, like what we did in the case. Last and night. with rules these days, it has made it a true sport. Yeah, I mean, like, say so you ain't got nobody going in a fish hook and eye gouging. I mean, give a shit. If they if, if they're willing to present with a fish hook and eye gouging, I don't give a shit. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm down for soccer kicks and stomps too. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, if if they were to sell pay per view of death row inmates fighting to the death for the chance to 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 go free. I'd watch it. I'd definitely Every watch it. Every episode. The thing about that is, though, that's almost like a lack of consent because, like, they feel forced. But the thing is, they're going to die either way, so I'd definitely still watch it. 
I mean, you shouldn't have knocked I'm, over the damn uh, the bread stand. Right. You know? Shouldn't have shot old girl in the face. Hey, exactly. So what was the deal with uh? I seen. What was that song they were playing last night? It sounded like a freaking old slave song. That oh death. I don't know. It's okay. Like, what happened? The song Oh Death was Jared Hopper's walkout song. Oh. When Alex Riccio and Jared Hopper got scrapped. He was not informed, so he was still going Ooh. down the list of the original fight. That was so bad, man, because Taylor goes. I love that song. That oh, Death. walking out to it. Taylor referred to it as like one of those slave, slave hymns or whatever. There's a white guy singing. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I'm oh, not... Death. Know what he's saying? Yeah, that's what he's saying. But... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was walking out Because like, it wasn't his song And the moment I heard it I was like That's not his song So I ran out Because I knew I remember Believe it or not Because I got all the Walkout songs together For the most part And I remembered That Oh Death Was Jared Hopper's walkout And when I heard it I was like That's not his walkout So I ran around I was like, That's not your walkout Right And I was like Nah And so then I ran up To the DJ I was like Wrong walkout song bro I was like What, sh- what is your walkout song It's Eminem's <clears throat> And we got it So I I jumped but I, in on that one. I was like, Jake's supposed to get sued. <laughs> Jake's supposed to get sued. No, right? It was a good show, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. It was yeah. fun. It was a lot of fun, man. I just really wish I could have been out and enjoyed more of it because I really didn't get to see very much of the show. I feel like the back could have. Also, I want. I wish Jamie Grant, when he started the show, I, want, I wish he would have coordinated with us in the back so we could have made sure the fighters were ready to walk out because he, he announced the mm-hmm. first fighter and didn't tell anybody in the back he was about to announce them, but the fighter wasn't ready. fighter wasn't lined up, ready to walk out. Mm-hmm. So, um... There was a name he, he got messed up on, too. Um, Hastings. I think he didn't know if it was his last name or first name, Swap. Because he, he at first he was like, hey, hey, Hastings McMillan? And they were like, yeah. And he's like, Hastings McMillan. Wow. Yeah. So, no, I think he did. He did good though. He did. He, yeah. Jamie Grant did good. Yeah. I was very happy with Jamie Grant. Was that the guy you were telling me? The about? announcer. So who was the commentator? Kyle Mays. Was he there? And, or was that and just... Mark Romano. Yeah, they were there. They were com- the commentators. Ringside. So they were ringside commentators. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't obviously watch the right. Yeah, there were. Um, one thing I like about Jamie too, man. We're about to wrap up because I mean we're we've been doing this a while. But one thing I liked about Jamie was he understood the value that he brings, like how to bring value apart from being an announcer. So, like, he makes posts about, like, he made a post about my gym. He made a post about Rock Bottom Furniture on his Facebook page. I've seen the post about Like, hey, go see these people, you know, or Rubens. Like, he made posts about all the the sponsors on his personal page promoting them. That's bringing a lot more value Mm -hmm. to the table. That's, you know, and so – he definitely and he 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 was so he, like I sent him the sponsors and everything those little cards that I that I, I don't have one right here but those cards that I had he had all those made he he gave all the sponsors brought them up into the cage or at least I know he did rock bottom furniture I don't know if he, I don't know if he did all of them everybody, I know he everybody showed up like yeah I think rock bottom was on the show I don't know if they wouldn't come to the cage or what yeah so yeah the manager of rock bottom and then one other person I think yeah but but anyway he like presented them because like he wanted to make the sponsors feel special. You know, he just kind of, he told me he wanted to do it. I said, it's a good idea, do it. And then he just did it. He didn't require anything from me, which was good. Yeah, there's one sitting up on the ledge up here. I saw it a while ago. Yeah. About the little black yeah, and he yeah. signs the back of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, Where did you find that guy? Um, Jamie Houston referred him to me. Yeah. I thought he did a good job. I, th- I thought he did too, It's the weigh-ins also. Yeah. Yeah, great job. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Man Up Podcast. 
Um, this episode was brought to you by Mark Romano with the Business Seminar on Health, Relationships, and Success. Uh, coming up, that's going to include lunch. Um, it's at Hotel Tupelo, July 23rd, 2022. It will be from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., one day only. And last I heard, he has, I think, three or four spots available. So make sure you get your spots for that. Uh, y'all got anything before we dip out? I'll see y'all on the next episode. <laughs>